0: Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. We hope that you find encouragement today as you listen.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Ridgeway Church. We are glad you're here this morning. For those of you who I haven't had the privilege of meeting yet, my name is Bethany. Um, I am the youth director here at Ridgeway Church. So that means I was away this weekend. And some of us, like Brittany mentioned, some of us, we might look a little sunburned this morning. We might look a little bit tired, okay? Some of us might look like we have been roughing it in the wilderness and living off the land, because we kind of have, okay? And some of us have lost our voices from cheering all weekend long. So so you'll have to bear with me this morning, because my voice is a little spotty, and today I'm especially thankful for our sound people up there. Um, But for the past three days, we were away at youth summer camp. And it was incredible. And um, I'm wondering this morning if it's okay if we bring some of our summer camp vibes to Ridgeway Church. Is that all right with you? Is that okay? All right, we're going to do that then. We're doing it. And um, I thought the best way to kind of launch into this, because not all of you maybe follow our youth ministry on social media. Not all of you kind of have an idea of what happened. Some of you don't have students that are in youth ministry. So I thought the best way to start out is by showing you a brief recap of what happened this weekend. So take a look at the screens. Okay. Okay. So so I think it's pretty obvious that we are hyped on life, but here's the thing that I want you to understand. For us, it's more than hype this morning because it was more than crazy tribe wars. It was more than roughing it in the wilderness and making memories and going crazy. God showed up big in our lives this weekend in camp. We saw students encounter Jesus for, some are excited for what happened. We're excited for Tribal Wars, but we are also excited for the launching pad that, that, that took place this weekend in our youth ministry. And so I asked these guys right here, this is Asher and this is Dara, and they're two of our incredible youth students. Yes, they're awesome. And so I I just asked them each to take a couple minutes to just share what God did in their life this weekend at camp. And so this is Asher. Asher, you can come on up here and just tell us what God did in your life this weekend. All
0: right. So as most of you know, I went to summer camp. And so on the the day before we went to summer camp, we were told to at youth, we were told to write down some expectations that we want God to do in our lives at church or at um, camp. So one of the things I wrote down was to have a deeper friend to friend relationship with God and the first day something just clicked in my mind and I felt that God was saying I like what you like your interests are my interests so I kind of felt like he's saying like you want to go out and shoot guns I'll be right there with you (laughs) you want to you want to talk in my room you want to go in my room and talk about guns I'm right there with you and I hadn't told anybody about this and later that night Felipe. We were in our small groups, and Felipe was saying almost exactly what God said to me earlier that day. And I hadn't told anybody that.
1: That's awesome. Oh, love that. Thanks, Asher. You rock. Thank you. All right, Dara, tell us what God did in your life this week at summer camp.
0: Like Asher, Bethy asked us to write down our expectations. I wrote three, and the very first day, one of my expectations came true. And I was like, this is great. This is wonderful. This is it. No more expectations are going to be made this weekend very next day second expectation came true oh wow two expectations that's great (laughs) third expectation came true wow god is awesome god met every single one of my expectations and then added more to my life that was wonderful for me
1: that's incredible you rock thanks guys isn't that great we um we kind of intentionally created space at camp for um, students to encourage other students, leaders to encourage leaders and students. And, and then the last morning, we, we created space and time for students to share what God was doing in their lives. We said, what is God doing in your life? What, how is he showing up? And different ones just stood up and shared. And it was, it was so encouraging because God was moving. God was doing stuff. He was working in our midst. And so um, for our leadership team, uh, this this is actually kind of this 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 was our first ever Ridgeway youth summer camp. And so for us, it was really a dream fulfilled. Some of us have been praying for five plus years for something like this to happen, and we've been asking God, God, what does this look like? What does it look like for not for us to not just join up with another ministry or youth ministry, but for us to actually have our own youth summer camp and so um I, I was just kind of like pinching myself the whole weekend, like, Lord, is this for real? Like, you're exceeding our expectations. Like, honestly, 20 kids at your first summer camp would have been reasonable. We would have been happy with that, but God gave us 38 and eight leaders, and the entire weekend was just packed full of him moving, and so we're pretty pumped on all of that. Um, our theme for camp this year was called and chosen. You can see it on all of our t-shirts, and um, before we dive in this morning, I just want to pray for us. So, Lord, I just thank you that Um, I thank you for what you did at camp this weekend, God. Lord, I thank you for the way that you individually impacted each and every life that went. God, I thank you that you see the one. Lord, I thank you that you notice the one and you care about the one. Just like Asher said, there were things in his heart and and Felipe even shared about it in in a a time where they were circled up and, and that was you confirming to Asher that you want relationship with him and you want relationship with all of us. And so, Lord, this morning, as we look to your word, as we dig in more to who you are, God, I pray that you would bring your word alive, that you would show us who you are, that you would reveal yourself to us. God, we just give you this time. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So the theme for camp was called and chosen. And the reality is each of us in this room are chosen by God. And we are called for a specific purpose, all right? And um, this last month, we've been hanging out in 1 Peter chapter 2 as a youth ministry. And in verse 9 through 10, it says this, But you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world." world. And today I want to talk about what it looks like for us to live called and chosen. Um, Whether you're in middle or high school this morning or whether you are 95 years old this morning, God is not finished with you yet. He's not done with your life. He has a plan that's bigger than what you could imagine. And Peter starts off those verses that I just read right before that. He starts off by saying this, therefore rid yourself of all malice and all deceit Hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. And what Peter is saying here in these verses is that now that you know who God is, now that you've experienced who Jesus is, grow up. I know that seems a little harsh, right? Like, whoa, come at me, Beth. I'm serious. He's saying grow up. You've experienced Jesus. Middle and high school students, this weekend you experienced Jesus at camp. And now there's this expectation that God is giving us to step up our game, to step further into him, to grow up, okay? And so if we wanna live called and chosen, my first point this morning is we need to embrace growth. If you're taking notes, write that down. We need to embrace growth always changing, always growing, always moving forward. God is constantly calling us beyond our comfort zone. Because here's the thing about comfort zones. When I'm standing in the midst of my comfort zone, going where I feel comfortable, only speaking to who I feel comfortable speaking to, just kind of staying in the box of my four walls, I miss out on what God has for me outside of that box. There's this verse in the Bible that I love. It's, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And it says this My grace is sufficient for you. This is God talking. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And here's the thing about comfort zones when I'm in my comfort zone, I know what I'm doing. I feel comfortable with everything that's happening. And I don't ever need to feel uncomfortable right? And it's the moment that I step out of those four walls of comfort that I have to desperately rely on the power and strength of Jesus. It's the moment I step out of that comfort zone that I need the Holy Spirit to infuse me with strength, okay? And and many of you in this room could agree with this, but there's been times over and over and over again in my life, probably yours as well, where it's in those moments that we step out of our comfort zone that we see God move, that we see him do the unimaginable, all right? We need to step outside of our comfort zone. We need to say yes to growth. God hasn't designed us to walk around in a bubble of comfort for the rest of our lives. I know some people in this room are maybe a little more introverted. You don't. The discomfort of stepping out can be a little terrifying at times. But I want to encourage you to take steps towards that, whatever that looks like for you in your life. I want you to understand this this morning. Growth is not dependent on age. All right, so middle school students, high school students, you don't have to wait till you get your license and start driving. You don't have to wait till you're out of high school and starting college for God to use you. Right now, God wants to use you right where you are at in your schools, in your neighborhoods, in your families to make a change and be his voice to those around him. And everybody else that falls into the category after that, whether you're 20s, 30s, 40s, all the way up to 99 years old, God has a plan for you. He's not done with you. He wants to use you. And so growth is not dependent on our ages. Another thing about growth is that we don't all grow at the same pace, okay? So if you're looking left and right at the person growing next to you and you're like, hey, I'm actually not there. What's the matter with me? Don't do that. That's not what it's about. We all grow at different paces. We're at different stages of the journey and God's working in our lives. But here's the thing about growth. We all have a next step. Every single one of us in this room has something in common. We have a next step. So what's your next step? What does that look like for you? Maybe for some in this room, it means joining Starting Point that's starting off on August 4th. Okay, we saw it in video announcements this morning. I'm really excited for this. In the spring, we had a Starting Point course that ran here on Sunday mornings before church for eight weeks. And Starting Point is an eight-week conversation about faith. So if today you find yourself in a position where like, you know, I know a little bit about God. I kind of come to church but, but I think I'd like to go deeper. Well, starting point is a really great next step for you. Join that class. Jump on the app. Jump on our website. Sign up for the course and come on out. It's going to be great. No cost to the class. There's free donuts and coffee in the class. I mean, who, what's, what's a class without food, right? So we're, I mean, we're just, it's going to be an incredible time to just circle up and talk and do life together and dig a little deeper. So maybe for you, starting point is the next step. Maybe it's stepping out as a leader in your workplace or your school. Maybe it's saying yes to a, a new opportunity that, that terrifies you, okay? I don't know what it is for you, but I do know we all have a next step when it comes to growth. And then the other thing I want you to understand is that growth happens when we're intentional. Growth doesn't just happen automatically. It doesn't just snap your fingers and growth takes place. Growth happens when we're intentional. I was thinking about a garden, right? If you're planting a garden Gardens don't just spring up by themselves. You have to put some careful thought and effort. You have to plant seeds. You have to water. You have to allow the sun to hit those flowers, those those seeds, in order to cause them to grow. And this past fall, I was traveling overseas for um, a week or two, um, just on vacation, having fun, meeting up with some friends. And while I was overseas, I went to Holland. And Holland is known for tulips, okay? And while I was there, my mom... My mom loves gardening. She loves flowers. She loves tulips. So along the way, as I was traveling, I was trying to like get little souvenirs for my family, which is really tough to do when you're traveling through Europe and you have limited space in your bag. So I was like, oh, perfect. I'm going to get my mom some tulip bulbs. Those will fit easy in my suitcase. I'm going to take them home. I'm going to give them to her. This is going to be great. So I did. I went and got tulips. I took them home to her. And there was a very specific timeline for when the tulips needed to be planted. There was like very specific information. Couldn't be... A certain temperature, it had to be within a bracket of a temperature time, and and they had to be planted a certain way, and all that. And so, my mom read the instructions and then she planted the tulips. And this spring, we had the most beautiful tulip bush. And okay, you can't really tell from there, but these tulips were about this big. I mean, they just sprung to life and they were stunning and they were beautiful. And we just thought they were the greatest thing ever. And just like these tulips, they didn't just spring up, they didn't just all of a sudden pop out of nowhere. They took time, they took intentionality. reading the directions to know when to plant them and how to plant them and what it was supposed to be like. And we have to put ourselves in in situations intentionally where we can grow in our lives. We got to embrace growth. So then Peter goes on to say in verse four and five, he says this, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So in these verses, Peter's talking about Jesus as the living stone. And then he's also talking about us as stones that are being built into a house. And if we want to live called and chosen this morning, my second point is we have to connect to Jesus. We have to connect to Jesus, the living stone. My question for you this morning is, are you connected to Jesus? What does that look like? You know, trying to walk out God's plan for your life without being connected to Jesus is like trying to get electricity from a lamp that isn't plugged in. You guys would look at me and say I was crazy if I was changing bulbs, if I was flipping switches, but if the end of my my lamp plug wasn't plugged into the outlet. Why? Because that electrical outlet is the source. It's the thing that gives the light the power. It's the thing that fuels the light. And sometimes in life, we say, yeah, I'm I'm ready. Like God's called me to be this businessman in the community or this businesswoman in the community. God's called me to make change in my school. God's called me to be that incredible stay-at-home mom or dad or whatever it looks like for you. God's called you to that. But if you're not connected to the source, if your life isn't connected to Jesus, you're not gonna flourish. You're not gonna reach the potential that God has for you, right? We have to connect to Jesus. We become like that which we are connected to. And you can tell when someone walks in the room that's been with Jesus. You can tell. There's this thing that the Bible talks about. It's called the fruit of the Spirit, all right? And when someone's been with Jesus, there's these these characteristics and attributes that just flow out of their life love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self control. Those things automatically flow out of your life when you are connected to Jesus. Um, I want to share a story with you. So this. when I was um, younger, our family was in Texas. I don't remember the exact age. Um, I was probably 10, 11, 12, something like that. Um, And our family of five was in Texas. My mom's from Texas. Her dad is from Texas. And and so we would go to Texas, you know, on family vacations or visit family. Both my parents went to um, Bible school there, and that's where they met. And so we love Texas, all right? And so we were in Texas. We were walking downtown, and we were hanging out one night, the five of us. And Um, we were walking around, and I remember my dad and me and my sister Brittany were up kind of towards the front, and my mom and my sister Brianna were kind of, we were all walking together, but we were separated a little bit. They were a little bit further back from us. And as we were walking, it was nighttime, it was a little dark. I remember there was this man that kind of walked up who was on the street, who maybe looked like he was in a little bit rougher of a position in life, and he walked up, and he didn't lay a hand on my mom, but he kind of walked up aggressively, okay? It was just his volume in his voice, the way he was talking. He was kind of walking in and trying to get something, and you guys might not even remember this story, but it was lodged in my mind, and it has ever since then because of what I felt in that moment, and let me explain. So, in that moment, I, I kind of noticed that this was happening, and I saw my dad here, and you know, my dad's protector in our family. He takes care of us. He loves my mom. He loves us. He watches out for his girls, okay? And so I remember in that moment, I thought, oh, this, is, this is might get a little escalated, right? This, this man was kind of raising his voice. The volume was escalating, and so I kind of thought my dad might turn around and say, hey, what are you doing next to my wife? What are you doing? Like, I thought that's what was coming next, and what happened took me utterly by surprise, so much that I don't even know what age I was. I'm not even sure why we were in Texas. But this moment has been sealed in my heart, and it's carried on since then. And here is why. Because in that moment, I was taken by surprise because of the way my dad responded. He responded with a gentle answer. He paused in that moment, and instead of escalating and meeting that man where his voice level was and where his intensity was, He turned around and he said, hey, is everything okay? And he just kind of began to step in and diffuse the situation. In that moment, peace, gentleness, and love flowed out of my dad, all right? And the reason it flowed out of my dad is because my dad walks with Jesus. I believe that with all my heart. And in that moment, I stood there watching. And you didn't even probably notice that I even noticed any of this, and I've been carrying it for 15 years with me in my heart. But, But when that took place, I realized, His response was so opposite of what I would expect someone's response to be. And his response came from a place of being connected to Jesus. In a moment when he was squeezed, the fruit of the Spirit flowed out of him. And I don't know about you, but that's my prayer for my life, that in those moments where things get tight, where I'm frustrated, where things are escalating, I hope that my response is to pause and allow the fruit of the Spirit to flow out of me because previously, I've been connected to Jesus. Because here's the thing. If he wasn't walking with Jesus, I'll tell you what his answer would have been. He would have gotten loud. He would have gotten aggressive. He would have gotten angry. But his response happened because of something that came before. And it was that connection, that day-to-day walk, that journey with the Lord. In Matthew 12, 34, it says, for whatever is in your heart. I actually don't have that one up there. Matthew 12, 34, it says, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So what's in you will come out of you. Are you connected to Jesus? Ephesians 2, 19 through 21, it says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And um, I don't know much about brickwork, stonework, building things, masonry. Funny thing is, I actually come from a long line of masons in my heritage, okay? So my great-grandfather was a mason. I mean, maybe not by trade, but he was very, he he was skilled with stones, okay? My grandpa Norm is skilled with stonework, all right? When you pulled into church this morning, the outside of the building has beautiful stonework on the outside of it. That was my great-grandfather, and my grandfather's handiwork, all right? My dad learned underneath his dad. So I actually do come from a long line of masons, which which um, is a little challenging because then I'm reading about, sometimes if you've read different parts of the Bible, it sometimes talks about stones. It it talks about this analogy of of Christ being the cornerstone. And so as I was kind of preparing for this message, I was like, I feel kind of dumb. I come from a long line of masons and I'm not quite sure what a cornerstone is. I need to go to the dictionary and figure it out so I know what I'm talking about because I don't want to let my lineage down, okay? (laughs) So, So a cornerstone, you ready for this? Check this out. The cornerstone or foundation stone is the first stone set in the construction of a masonry foundation. It is important since all other stones will be set in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure. So when you're getting ready to build a building, when they were getting ready to put the stone on this church, okay, there was one stone that started everything. And the positioning and the, and the levelness of that stone was of the utmost importance. Because once that stone was fixed into that building, then everything else began following suit of what that stone was. It set the tone. It set the pace. It set the angles. That is the cornerstone. And the word of God in this passage of scripture is talking to us about how Jesus Christ is our cornerstone. He determines the position of the entire structure. So I wonder this morning if your relationship with Jesus determines the position of the entire structure of your life. What is determining the structure of your life? Is it Jesus or is it worry and fear? Is it what the world around you tells you? Is it negative influence in your world? Is it bitterness? Is it addictions? What sets the pace for what you are building? because if it's not Jesus i'm afraid that your structure at some point is become going to become unstable and it's going to fall jesus needs to be our cornerstone he needs to set the position of the structure of our lives and then peter goes on and he talks about he talks about that living stone but then he goes on and he talks about us as being stones that are being built into a spiritual house right And this brings me to my third and final point this morning. When it comes to living called and chosen, we must choose community. Did it take one stone to build the outside of this church? No. It took many, 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 many stones coming together, being positioned in a certain place to build the outside of this building that we're in today. And God's plan for us isn't to be a single brick off on our own or a single stone off on our own. God's plan for humanity is that we come together and we grow in community. And when we're connected to him and when we live in community, he's able to use us in what he's building. We get to be a part of God's solution to a broken world. Verse 20 and 22, it says, with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone, and then it picks up and it says, in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling place in which God lives by his spirit. And this is what church is all about. It's not a building, it's not a really cool building with fancy stone on the outside because I have a lineage of great-grandfathers who do masonry, okay? That's not what this is about. It's not even about one service a week where we all gather. It's about doing life together. It's about supporting one another. It's about pulling people into this thing that we call family. It's about receiving correction when someone gives it to us in love even though it's a little uncomfortable. Now, I hang out with you students Week in and week out. And so something I have discovered is that it's really important to have an illustration with your message, okay? So this morning, you're getting an illustration, all right? I have a brick, okay? If you're listening online right now, I'm holding a brick, <laughs> okay? <laughs> good, we're set. <said. laughs> okay, so you can either be a brick all off on your own, okay? This, this can be you. You're doing life. You decided you're good by yourself. You don't need anyone else. You're good. Okay, you can be that, this is your choice. It's up to you what you choose. You can be that brick, all off on your own, doing your own thing. Or you can choose to be a part of something bigger. You can choose to be a part of something so much bigger than yourself, a part of building something that God's building. Okay. So maybe for you, maybe it's getting plugged into a connect group this fall in September when connect groups relaunch. And maybe it means making new friends and building friendships in a connect group. Okay. Maybe that's your thing. All right. Or maybe for you, it is, um, extending a helping hand to a single mom in our community or in your neighborhood or in your workplace that's really tired because she's doing it alone. Maybe that's what it is for you. That's a way that you can be a part of what God is building and join with what he is doing in our church and in our city. Maybe it's being a listening ear to a friend that's battling depression. They don't need answers. They don't need you to tell them the three steps of how to get over it. They just need a listening ear. Maybe it's going with them to celebrate recovery so that they they can begin to find healing for the things that are tripping them up and causing them to continue back into what they're in. All right? Maybe that's what it looks like for you. Maybe it's praying with a friend that's going through a rough time. Maybe it's just being there to offer your faith so that they know that they're not alone in this. Got to reposition my bricks because we got too many going on here. It's a good, good problem to have. Maybe it's volunteering once a month in Ridgeway Kids. Okay, side note. I'm really passionate about this one, all right? And here's why. I am so thankful when I was four years old and I gave my life to Jesus that I was surrounded by some adults that didn't think I was too young at four years old to connect with Jesus. I'm thankful that they weren't just concerned about babysitting I was in, but that they realized at four years old, I could actually connect to Jesus. I could discover him in my own way, that I could begin to take steps in relationship with him. I am so thankful for those people around me that did that. And here's the thing. Maybe for you, it's putting your hand up and saying, you know, once a month, twice a month, I'm going down with those little nuggets in kids' church, and I'm just going to love them. I'm just going to push them towards Jesus. I'm going to read them a Bible story and tell them about how God changed my life and how he wants to change their life. It's not hard. You don't have to have a degree in, you know, whatever the degree would be. Uh, sorry. You don't have to have a degree that'll, that qualifies you to work with children, Okay. All you have to have is a background check. We'll get that sorted. And then you just need to go down and you need to be able to stoop down on their level and say, hey, guess what? Little Billy, Jesus loves you. He cares about you. You matter to him. And someday you're gonna grow up and God has plans for your life. But guess what? God doesn't have plans with your life when you grow up and you're 25. God has plans for you right now, Billy, at four years old. He wants to use you to bless your family, to love your neighborhood. We're not babysitting kids down there. We are calling them up in their purpose. And so that's a plug. Some of you are sitting here in your seat and you're like, I could give once a month to get down and tell Billy Jesus loves him. Do it. Do it. Sign up. Email our church office. Call the office this week. I will personally take your call and connect you to our kids director. We want to see more um, individuals that feel passionate about investing in this generation down there. Amen? Amen? Build that brick. All right. And that's the other thing, like, can I have my youth leaders stand up real quick? So this isn't all of them because a couple, you know, one wasn't able to make it this morning, but. (laughs) One's in the balcony. Yeah, we got a balcony. Done. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, so these youth leaders took off work this week. They took personal time from their work, their vacation days, right? Church isn't paying them to be, we don't have finances to pay every single leader that we have. These are volunteers. But guess what? These guys noticed that, that that what is taking place in our youth ministry is something they want to be a part of. So they took time off work. They took energy. They slept in disgustingly hot cabins at times. They they roughed our power outage. Because guess what? That storm hit Green Lake the last night of camp. Our power went out for like two or three hours. We were sweaty. It was crazy. It was, it was a memory, okay? But these guys get it. These people get it, okay? They understand that. Their, what their impact as an individual when they invest in others goes so much further. As they speak life over these students, as they speak destiny over those students, God is moving and he's using them. You guys are awesome. I love and appreciate you. You can sit down. Maybe it's welcoming people at doors, okay? We need smiling, yeah. Shout out to the greeters ministry, hey yo! Man, what would we be if all the doors were locked and no one was at the door to hand you your bulletin? And it's not hard, guys. It's not hard to volunteer. It's actually a joy. It is a joy to serve God's house. It's a party. It is an absolute party. So do it. If you don't if you aren't a part of a volunteer team, join one. Join one. Just say, hey, these are, my, these are my restrictions from when I can serve. I can do once a month. I can do every week. I can do twice a month, whatever it looks like. Jump in. Maybe it's greeting at doors. Okay? Maybe it's helping out at our food pantry on the second Friday of every month. We love our food pantry. How cool is it that we get to practically love? We get to show that love is a verb to our community every single month. That's incredible. All right? Maybe it's inviting a friend to join you for church. There's nothing more powerful than an invite. Just saying, hey, I don't know if you do anything on Sunday mornings. It's okay if you're not free, but I'd love to have you sit with me in church. Church has changed my life. Come on out. Join me. Who knows what will happen? Maybe it's asking someone to lunch after church today, someone that you've maybe never met, or maybe someone that you notice is a little new around here. Maybe it's just buying them lunch. And just getting to know their story and saying, hey, tell me about yourself. Who are you? Tell me about yourself. I want to get to know you a little better. Placing value on the person next to you. God is up to so much. And he wants to use us. Here's the thing, guys. He doesn't need to use us. He's God. He breathed the entire word. That's all it took. So he actually doesn't need me. And he doesn't need you. But he chooses to use us. And that is an honor. That is an honor not to be taken lightly. But the thing is, we have to step into community. We have to get around people in order for him to use us. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't. But being a part of the church will strengthen your walk with Jesus. It will build your faith. And who knows how God wants to use you to encourage the person next to you. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. But being a Christian without being plugged into a thriving local church is like eating bread, one single slice of bread and butter, when there is a three-course feast sitting right in front of you. Okay? I'm talking at this feast, I'm talking mouth-watering appetizers. I'm talking delicious steak dinner, mashed potatoes that melt in your mouth, perfectly seasoned vegetables. I hear a yes, Lord, amen. (laughs) And then, and then to top it off, insert your favorite dessert, whatever that is, okay? For me, it would be something chocolate, all right? You can get by with bread and butter. Absolutely, you can. But there is so much to enjoy at the feast that you are missing out on. There is a richness and beauty to Christ's church that we completely miss when we choose to be the brick all off on our own. I'll never forget the moment God deeply impacted my life and showed me the importance and value of being a part of local church. All right, so I I grew up a pastor's kid. I've been around ministry and church my whole life. Church was like a second home to me. But there came a day when God showed me just how beautiful his churches. And he showed it to me for me, not because my parents have modeled that, not because people around me have told me the right thing to do. God showed it to me for me. On April 30th, 2012, I was living overseas in Australia for college, and I was sitting in my room one night, and I was just spending time with the Lord. I I was reading my Bible, I was praying, I had some worship music on and I was just talking to God and it was it was a night like any other, right? It was a long day, I was just kind of spending time with Jesus before going to bed. And I had this moment where God began to download within me his heart and passion for this thing he loves called local church. And it's hard to even put into words, but it was like it wasn't even words, it was just this feeling, this this revelation, this understanding of how God views his church. And I just wanna read you just two sentences from my journal. So I had been writing, 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 right? Just kind of having this moment with the Lord where I, I, I kind of hit this point where I was like, right now in this moment, my faith is mine. It doesn't have anything to do with the lineage that went before me which I'm so grateful for, don't get me wrong, but, but there came a point where I actually had to make a decision for myself. If everyone else around me fell off the bandwagon and turned their back on Jesus Christ, if everything around me um, began to crumble, where is my conviction at? Where are my feet planted? What does it look like? And so I began writing all this stuff down and then at the at the very end i just got to this point where i said i've been wrecked and ruined for anything other than serving my god for all the days of my life my heart is most at peace when in his house loving his people and serving his cause i want to spend my life building his church allowing him to use me in whatever way necessary to reach a lost broken and dying world for this i was created and at this point, I didn't know that I was gonna come back home and, and have the opportunity to be on staff at our church and any of that. And here's, here's the thing: this isn't a revelation just because I work vocationally within the four walls of a church. All right. This is a revelation that each of us can and should have, have whether no matter what you are called to in the sphere of life that you are in, whether you are a stay-at-home mom or dad, that is your calling. Whether you work in the marketplace, you're a business person, you work um, in, in any field or industry that you're in, that's what you're called to. That's where God has you, all right? Whether you're in a student and your job right now is to pass your classes and give it your best, that's what you're in right now, all right? But all of us are called to build this thing called church. This isn't Pastor Brian's church, He's the leader and he's a phenomenal leader, all right? We love him. We love the way he leads around here and we're thankful for his leadership. But this isn't his church. He would tell you that. This is God's church. This is God's idea. What's happening here today and what happens outside of the walls, outside of this, this is God's idea. It's his church. And we are all called to partner with him and build it. I began to realize how much Christ loves his church, capital C, not Ridgeway Church, God does love Ridgeway Church, and I love Ridgeway Church, I think it's the best. But God loves capital C, so the churches that are gathering across our city this morning, the churches that are gathering across the world, God loves the church, his people. Church isn't perfect because people aren't perfect, but it's God's plan for bringing healing and hope to the world that desperately needs it. And I had this revelation, I can't let, la- lo- so let me start again. Hold on. <clears throat> I can't love God and not love his church. Those things don't go hand in hand. If I love God, I love his church. And that might not mean that I always feel super affectionate and warm to every single person. Sometimes we rub each other the wrong way. And sometimes I, I'm kind of frustrated, just like you might get kind of frustrated with other people in here but we still love what God is doing. We still love this thing called church and we're in it. We're fighting for unity. We wanna see things worked out. We wanna see us come together. My sister Brianna is obsessed with horses, all right? If you've spent more than two minutes with her, she, she is absolutely, completely, 100% obsessed with horses. She's actually one of our other youth leaders that isn't here this morning because actually she works at a farm, and it was mandatory for her to work today. And she texted me this morning. She's like, I'm so mad that I'm working. I want to be there. Like, she is for real missing out. She's so bummed. But she works at a farm, and right now as we speak, she's with horses, okay? She loves horses. She's obsessed with it. I'm pretty convinced that your first email address says a lot about who you are. And Breeze... Hers was Brie at sbcglobal.net, all right? How do I know that, you ask? Because every so often, when she's getting really horsey, like when she's talking about like horse terms and all of us are lost, we just look at and we say, hey, Bree, hey, hey, horsegirlbree at sbcglobal.net, why don't you pipe down, okay? Like, that's sometimes the name we give her, her first email address is pretty great. I remember on road trips when we were younger, we'd be driving in the car, and Brianna had every horse book you could possibly imagine with all the facts about every horse thing you could possibly imagine. She had small, tiny plastic figurines stacked in rows in her windowsills, on her counters. I mean, literally everywhere. It looked like a horse threw up in her room. It (laughs) It was a lot, okay? But on these road trips, we'd be driving along, the five of us in our family minivan, heading to probably like our pastor's conference in the summer, maybe to Texas to, you know, see family and hang out, and we'd be driving along, and even though Brianna had seen a billion horses in her life, she still thought that every single horse she saw along the way, she had to point it out to everybody in the van. There was no peace and quiet, people, okay? So we're driving along, and she'd say, horse, horse, horse. (laughs) I was like, are you kidding me? The worst was when we got to a field with 30 horses. Instead of just saying horses, she would say, horse, 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 (laughs) horse, horse. It was obnoxious. And so me and Brittany being the loving, kind, caring, older sisters that we were, we weren't really in that moment, we decided to pick on her. And so the funniest thing was when Brianna would talk about horses, we'd kind of just lean up from the backseat. We'd be like, actually, it's a cow. And for some reason, that got Brianna so flustered. She'd start crying and say, mom and dad, mom and dad, they're calling that horse a cow. It's like, who cares? But me and Brittany would like fist bump each other and get ready for the next round when the horses came up. Listen, we had to do something to keep sane on those road trips because how many times can you count a horse, okay? <laughs> Honestly. So, Brianna loves horses. So I realized, years and years and years have gone on and I, I realized at some point during that course of time that if I loved Brianna, I had to somehow figure out a way to love horses. Okay, because Brianna cares about horses. It's what she loves. And so if she cared about it, I had to somehow muster up my strength and find a way to see the value in horses, okay? And I'm just going to invite the team up at this point. You can come join me. Um, So when I was, okay, so for Brianna's entire life, she prayed for a horse at night before bed. She, every single Christmas, she put on her Christmas list (laughs) <laughs> the first thing that she wanted, horse. Of course, she never got it. Sometimes we get her like one of those little stuffed animals or something like that, you know. We, we can't give that to you. Okay, but but she, she hoped and she prayed for it. She wanted it, all right? And my first year away at college, Brianna called me in November and I was coming home for Christmas. Brianna called me in November and she said, hey, guess what? I'm getting a horse. And this was like, This was like dreams come true. Like what on earth? How good is life? She was getting a horse. So she got a horse and his name is Gus, all right? And Gus is a good little horse. And so I came back that Christmas and I remember thinking, okay, I don't really like farms. I'm not really super pumped on like, you know, like cow poop and all those. Things. I mean, you guys at camp know, like there, there was a select crew of us that were like, we don't really like bugs. We don't really like all the crazy, crazy smells of nature. Like I love nature, don't get me wrong. But like, I like nature from a hotel and then being able to walk out and hang out in it and then go back to my hotel and shower in peace and quiet, you know, so, so farms, barnyards, all of that, not really my thing. But I realized when I came back, for that Christmas break, that I just had to go out and see Gus. I had to spend some time with this thing that Brianna loved so much. And so I have a picture here, proof, so you know I'm not lying, all right? This was um, December of 2010. And that's Gus, that's Brianna. She wanted me to ride him, so I did, and it was great. And um, and we made memories. I went on a couple times that trip and just kind of hung out with Gus. and. You know, I love Brianna and Brianna loves Gus. So therefore, I love Gus. That's just the way that works. If I hate her horse and she's passionately in love with it, there's a breakdown in our relationship. But Brianna loves Gus and I love Brianna. And so I love Gus. And if we love Christ, if we're passionately in love with Christ, if our lives have been changed and transformed by the love of Jesus, because that's what He does. He walks into our lives and He invades the spaces of our lives and He takes our pain and suffering and, and all the baggage that we carry and He lifts it off us and He takes the heaviness and He restores our hearts. And after encountering Him, we really love Christ then we love his church. We can't help but fall in love with his church. It's messy, all right? Church is messy sometimes. Sometimes it's challenging. Relationships are challenging, all right? They just are. But it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Church is beautiful. What Christ is building is absolutely stunning. And if you haven't experienced experienced it, I want to invite you to take a step in, whatever that looks like. Just take a step in. Maybe it's literally just filling out a connection card today and saying, hey, I'm gonna fill out a connection card and then I'm gonna come back next week and see what this thing is all about. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be the stone off on my own. I wanna be a part of what Jesus is building. I wanna be a part of what he's building in this place in our city, across the earth. And the team is gonna lead us in a song. I just want to invite you to stand. I want to invite you to worship. And then at the end of this, I just want to pray for you guys. So let's, let's sing this.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast today. For more information about our church, check out our website at www.ridgeway.church.